Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm your friend, Jonathan Rooney-Taylor, master of the Buddha Palm. And this week, uh, we are uh, excited to announce that we have two guests uh, sitting in the in the uh, the peanut gallery here with us, uh, representing uh, two thirds of our partners uh, here. <laughs> My uh, spouse had to go home early. Yeah, she feigned being tired. Look, to be fair, I was almost right behind her. <laughs> what, what was it she said about you as she was leaving? No, no, she said nothing. Patrick is the one who said it. Yeah, I just summarized other jokes that had already been made at John's expense. True. (laughs) True. That's why I have such good friends. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) we're joined by... Nope, nope. It all stays. There's no editing. Nothing gets cut out. Except for that time where Patrick wanted to defend Mel Gibson for something. Yeah, I did. Kept saying how he gives to charity. He's got chiseled good looks. He knows story structure. (laughs) (laughs) Then he started to get into some weird stuff about World Bank, and we really slowly backed away from the microphone. I mean, a Catholic man has never done anything wrong, so what can you say? Uh, We are joined by by, uh, uh, Dorothy, Dorothy Rosendahl, D. Rosendahl, my wife, and, of course, Julia Rigby. Julie Rigby, Patrick's wife. Uh, we're all here together uh, watching a movie that was uh, that was picked by Julia. Julia, what movie do we watch this week? Lean on in to the microphone. <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, say it. Yeah, yeah you can you say, say the name it. of the movie. <laughs> I asked you to say the no, name. No, no, guys, this is great content. Continue miming. <laughs> And we will charade style guess the movie that we just watched. It's famously a visual medium. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Podcasts are the new television. Television is the new books. Books, weirdly enough, the new vaudeville? Didn't see that coming. No. It was Kung Fu Hustle, everyone. Kung Fu Hustle! That's right. 2005, Stephen Chow, written by, directed by, produced by, and starring. That's right. Uh, He's a quadruple threat. Yeah. Quintuple threat if you uh, add in all the kung fu he does. True. That's personally what I find most threatening about him. Sure. Like, if he walked up to me on the street and challenged me to a fight, I would feel threatened. If he walked up to me and challenged to, like, produce my screenplay, I don't feel that threatened by it. That's that's not menacing. The most threatening is if he walks up to you and hands you a screenplay. Oh, no, no, it's my responsibility. (laughs) Lots of Dutch angles and zoom-ins, I guess. Oh, I see you went to the upstairs Sam Raimi <laughs> film school as well. Wait, I will say, because this is a really, uh, it's an interesting comparison. The last movie that I saw before this was Doctor Strange versus Mom, Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness. Uh, I call it the cool acronym. Uh, and I thought, like, man, you know what? Sam Raimi really puts his stamp on that movie visually. And, like, man, what a crazy movie. Ah, all right, well done. Then we watch this one, and it's like, oh, fuck, I forgot movies could be this crazy. (laughs) Yes, movies can be live-action Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. This is Gremlins 2, but with Kung Fu. Yeah. Yeah. And no Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So, look, there are some some demerits, of course. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, Kung Fu Hustle begins, as all movies do, with a butterfly flying around mountains... Those mountains, the title of the movie! Correct. I do deeply miss when titles of movies were carved into mountains. 
miss uh, when movies didn't begin with like forty production cards. Sure. I yeah. love a, I love a solid. Here's your production card. Here's your title. Movie starts. Now you start on a movie and it's just like Steve Productions presents a Mike film <laughs> in association with Ocean Movies with yeah. money people <laughs> and this bank. Also technology with Fox. And then and the, everybody the gets a 90 second animation oh for that too. Oh my god. But then the movie starts and you usually don't get like a title until the end of the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing now. Movie's got to give me the title right before the credits start. How am I supposed to know what movie I'm watching, movie? Yeah, yeah, you son of a bitch. This is the subtle way that union busting starts. <laughs> <laughs> starts. There ain't been labor unions in this country some odd 40 years. Ghost unions. <laughs> Shit, if ghosts unionize, man. We'd be fucked, man. This country used to have ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> we used to live in a paranormal society. There was such a problem, we had to bust him with Bill Murray. That's yeah. right. Drunk asshole Bill Murray. Unionized ghosts were so bad, we had to unionize a bunch of exterminators and get them out there to do it. Oh, buddy. Those Ghostbusters were non-union. Ah, that's what? probably true. They might have been in the teachers' union. Ah, true. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, where they teach in this college. Yeah, that could work. What year was your building built? Our building? Yeah. I, in the past. Oh, it's got ghosts in it. I'm sure you got ghosts. I hope so. I really want to see a ghost. You don't want to see a ghost. I'm not saying I would be brave in the face of a ghost. I would immediately, all bodily fluids would exit my person... Like, uh, and I might die. It might kill me. It might turn you into a ghost. But I want to have the experience of seeing a ghost. Ghosts are mean. They yelled at me. <laughs> well, then you march right back up to that ghost and you yell back. Great. My business is closed now. I can't get in. You can get in. But he didn't like me singing Les Mis and he told me to shut up. Ooh, Les Mis though? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm siding with the ghost. Like Hold on, yeah. Julia makes a good point. Which song? Uh, I, oh, I had the I had the uh, anniversary soundtrack going, singing along with all of them. Yeah, yeah, well, just all of them. Yeah. Well, I think as long as you you know hit all the favorites, then the ghost really shouldn't have had anything to complain about. Yeah, it would have most likely been uh, I Dreamed a Dream or uh, oh god, what was that? What's the other uh, Master of the House? <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Uh, the only song I know from Les Mis is the one where Javert introduces himself a whole bunch. Yeah, where he says, I am Javert, like 30 times. Can I tell you the only time I've seen Les Mis is the Liam Neeson one where there is no singing? <laughs> and he still oh, is... No. I, I, I see all the Buddy, I, I hate to break it to you, but that was episode one, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> I can see your confusion. You and McGregor makes a, a great... Uh, uh, what's the yeah the, I know what's right? the French lady Delphine Claudine Claudette no Cosette Cosette yeah. Cosette yeah. Howard Cosette you see how good that joke was <laughs> is this record time for John bringing it back to Star Wars no, no. absolutely no. Not. <laughs> no. you gotta remember we did Star Wars yeah. all of them <laughs> yeah no you guys are welcome for Rise of Skywalker, finally closing the loop on all of your lingering questions Boom. by raising more questions. <laughs> Chief among them, 
Who fucked Emperor Palpatine? <laughs> they still haven't answered that question. Someone had to. And judging by the math of how old Rey is, buddy, they fucked when he was wrinkly and weird looking. No, you don't understand. Palpatine's got lightning powers. He came down in a golden shower and took the form of a bull or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he like pulled a Zeus. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. He would have been so much cooler if he was just a Zeus. No, well, a lot of things about Star Wars would have been a lot cooler. Look, he was a very compelling villain in that he never knew how to stop doing Force Lightning. Every time he was (laughs) defeated, it's because he wouldn't stop Force Lightning himself. Well, it feels so tingly. Right? But you have to understand. It's like, it's like when you got a toothache and you know you're not supposed to, yeah, but you, you do, do kind of bite down on it yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. kind of he brought that on yeah. himself, because the first time he does force sling on himself, it gives him unlimited <laughs> power! That's true. Yeah, that does help. So yeah, he thought true. from then on, if he just does it to himself, every time he's recharging himself. Because of that like first... Like Kong in Kong versus Godzilla, yeah. where he eats power lines. Hey, fun fact about that. Originally, it wasn't supposed to be King Kong. It was supposed to be Frankenstein <laughs> versus Godzilla. <laughs> Correct. In fact, in Germany, that movie is still called Godzilla versus Frankenstein, and they just call King Kong no, Frankenstein. He's, he's one hundred. No, he's hundred percent right. This is the sixties, seventies one, yeah. not the recent one. Yeah. What size is Frankenstein supposed to be? Or like three hundred feet, or Godzilla? I don't know. One had to either get taller or shrink, or they meet in the middle somewhere. Now, well, I think I think what they were planning on doing so that each one was kind of in their element, they would do the first fight with Godzilla small, and then they both got big. Sure, they like a Power Ranger. Exactly. Oh, I was yeah. thinking more like an homage to Alice in Wonderland, where Godzilla ate a little bit of cake and suddenly shrunk. Ooh, Godzilla famously does eat a lot of cake, though, in the movies, so you're not far off. Yeah, uh, that's Godzilla's child, Manila. <laughs> <laughs> that's the envelope. You can't trick me. Uh, so hey, Julia, what movie did we watch? I forgot. <laughs> So Kung Fu Hustle, <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle begins uh, uh, in the uh, the the mean streets of old timey uh, old timey place. I don't know. There's <laughs> I don't think they give us a city name, but we are in old timey China. Yeah, correct. I was gonna say I was guessing China. Although that poster with the two babies, I'm still perplexed by. Oh, there's a lot of posters that I didn't understand. Oh, it might have been Hong Kong actually, because there are a lot of like Western media posters. Yeah, and there was British guys at the jail. There's definitely yeah. British guys at the jail, so it could have very well been yeah. Hong Kong. So the movie opens with a bunch of cops wearing Daisy Duke shorts. <laughs> it's hot there. Listening to people get the shit kicked out of them, uh, and then we see uh, one of the members of the Crocodile Gang. Beating the shit out of cops. Thumbs up in my book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, still, still waiting for a villain to enter yeah, this movie. Uh, beating the shit out of cops because they arrested his wife for spitting. Yep. Uh, and they were like, that's bullshit. How dare you? They leave. They walk out the door. And they are immediately accosted by thousands of gangsters. Of the, Abe Lincolns. Yes. Yeah, fancy suits with top hats. Yeah, it's like the Electric Six gay bar video. There's lots of Abe Lincolns around. Yeah. These they, ones don't have sex with each other, though. They have little that axes. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, that's fair. They do have axes and stovepipe hats. Yeah. And they're so, the axe gang. And they wear cool little suits. Yeah. Anyways, they killed the crocodile guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because uh, the Axe Gang owns these streets. They are like uh, the the gang conglomerate of this particular city. They there's no rival. Yeah, they're like the Blob, and that they kind of assimilate, or the Borg rather. They like assimilate other gangs into them. Yeah, they yeah. just hired on the rest of the Crocodile Gang and then killed yeah. the leadership. Yeah, Julia, that was for you. That was a Star Trek. For you, <laughs> that was a reference that for you to Thank to you understand. So much, Jonathan. Yeah, I really appreciate it. don't yeah. think him. I said bored. <laughs> <laughs> also, feel free to throw in any reference that you don't think any of these dum dums are gonna understand. <laughs> oh, why you wanna you wanna go toe to toe with some Bronte references? I will take you down. Cool it, Heathcliff. I yeah, could do you're a right. whole episode just on Jane Eyre. <laughs> I have no joke. How about some Tedeschi, Martin, and Wood? Is that what you got? Modesky, Martin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit! No, no, no. Because it's Tedeschi Trucks Band. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you're, you're getting some things confused. Though, Whatever. though. Tedeschi Trucks Band kind of rules. Great jazz drop. That's a great uh, right. new jazz band. Which of those two bands did the fucking Aerosmith cover? That could have really been either. Yeah. yeah. Which, like which song? Uh, Sweet Emotions? Oh, man. I gotta find that. I think that's Modesky, Martin, and Wood. I think so. Uh, call, uh, listeners. Anyway, listeners. <laughs> Scream into the heavens the answer. Yeah. Uh, so the crocodile gang uh, gets wasted, and we see the Axe gangs rise to power. They're the most powerful gang in Hong Kong. Uh, we see they've got a legal gambling operation and all sorts of things going on like that. And they dance. And they dance. They do dance. They, they do dance. They do they're dance. not super great at it, but no, they dance. No, they're not, but they try hard. Yeah, no, the effort's there. Yeah. 100%. And we get a little a little information card where we're told that they own everything except for the poorest neighborhoods. Right. And that's well, only because they have no interest. Yeah, because yeah. there's that's just poor as there. gangs work. True. Yeah. Yep. Gangs famously stay clear of poor neighborhoods. Yes. Famously. Yes. Uh, so, we uh, cut to... Uh, uh, pigsty. 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 The poorest of the neighborhood. Pigsty yeah. Alley. That's right. What I love about Pigsty Alley is it is, an, it is an alley, but it is only an alley. There's no city around it. Nope. It nope. is just buildings in the configuration of an alley. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they are like in the... Yeah, there's nothing around it yeah. or anything. It is just a square. <laughs> a hollow square. Open on one end with a gate. Yes. Oh, it's great. I love it. I could live there. <laughs> uh, so we get to uh, uh, Pigstyle, and we are introduced to the denizens of there, including uh, Landlord, who is a uh, drunken lech. Uh, yep. Of an asshole guy running around, but he's like the—he's the guy that everyone in town likes. He's the nice guy. Yeah. So because he—he's like running around and he's like, "Oh, Donut, who is the noodle maker guy?" He's like, "Hey, give me my bill," and he's like, "Yeah, it's on the house, landlord." And he's like, oh, "I'll talk to my wife about lowering your rent." <laughs> he ain't gonna do that. No. And she's gonna say no anyways. Uh, we meet uh, the tailor. We meet. We meet uh, the the tinker, the, the soldier, the spy. Yes. Uh, the Miller, his tail. Yeah, that's uh, true. All the all the Canterbury folks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very pastoral. I feel like the, even the soundtrack was like trying to make it like it was a remote village as opposed to a alley. Yeah, they definitely try to endear you to this location because it is going to be the flashpoint of a lot of the plot that occurs in this movie and. Yeah, it's one of those like, well, we're poor but we're happy kind of deals, you know, like a very like 
charming small town kind of vibe to yeah. it, for sure. Yeah, seem very happy. But we're also me. very not happy, yes. Yeah, because well, then we meet yeah. the landlady who goes around berating everyone and demanding they pay their rent. And but, threatening to burn their houses down. <laughs> which, theoretically, she owns. Yeah, so, you know, her property. I Look, mean, she can do what she wants. Yep. What I love is she's constantly wearing, like, 1950s curlers in her hair and cigarette hanging out of her mouth. She is very much, like, stepped out of the honeymooners. Yeah, she's wearing, like, a, like a nightgown, like, day, like, like, house dress the entire movie for the most part. Yeah. And is able to speak while keeping the cigarette in her mouth as well or better than anyone I have seen since, like, a 50s blues concert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah she's yeah, doing yeah. a great job. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bunch of shenanigans that go around, a bunch of, like, fun little bits and... Uh, yeah, you get to know the townsfolk. Yeah. Uh, you get to know uh, that one guy's pooping habits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one guy trying to shower. Yeah. The uh, hair cutter never pulls his pants up over his butt. Yeah. Uh, why would you? It's a fine butt. It's a good looking butt. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, that's when our uh, our hero. hero? Yeah, <laughs> emphasis on the question mark. Yeah. Uh, so there's a group of kids playing uh, European soccer. I believe it's called, right, guys? Yeah. Right? I'm cultured soccer. and learned. Yeah. Uh, they kick the ball. There we go. D just got it. That was a stupid bad joke. No, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're playing uh, a little bit of uh, soccer. They kick the ball over to our main character, who does really impressive uh, juggling with the ball. Yes. And then stomps on it to deflate it and says, No more soccer! <laughs> <laughs> Which I took to be a reference to the filmmaker's previous movie, Shaolin Soccer. Sure. Probably. Yeah, probably. This was, a, this was uh, very famously, Roger Ebert said, Declare your movie in the first five minutes. And this absolutely declares... This is not a sequel to my previous movie. <laughs> Which more movies need to do. I'm tired of seeing movies and having to guess at what they're sequels to. Yeah. This is only half a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Right. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we are introduced to uh, Stephen Chow. Uh, does, does he ever give it a name? I don't think so, no. no. At least not yeah. one that's... In fact, very few characters are actually given names. Yeah, almost everybody's name is like a is nickname. Is what they do. Yeah. yeah, like the leader of... Like, the leader of... Um, the Axe Gang is like... Brother Soom. Brother Soom, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's Brother Soom. But other than that, almost everybody is just like... Proper the name job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Stephen Chow and his... Um, his 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 dopey buddy. Yeah, yeah. His his dopey his dopey fat buddy show up into town and they are there to uh They're running a scam. Yeah, they're running a scam pretending to be members of the Axe game to get free Free haircuts. Not only free hair not to get free haircuts, <laughs> to get not to get a haircut and make the haircut guy pay them. Yeah. yeah. They're running like an extortion scam for free haircuts. Yeah, free haircuts and uh, I believe because he sits down the the barber gives a uh, uh, schlubby idiot friend a haircut. Uh, Stephen Chow says, "What have you done? That haircut's too good. Are you making fun of my boss? <laughs> oh, he's a member of the Axe Gang. He's gonna kill you unless you pay me enough money to buy a drink." Like all the bad guys in this movie, he declares, "We're bad guys, yeah. and we can't look good. We have to look bad." <laughs> yeah, uh, this is undercut by the fact that his friend immediately falls asleep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then the the barber is just like, I ain't 
paying you shit. You can uh, fucking kill me. I don't care. Yeah. And Stephen Chow says, all right, I'm going to challenge this whole town to a fight. One on one. one. <laughs> no cheating. Yeah. Oh, we get a delightfully good sequence of him picking people out of the crowd who he thinks are going to be easy marks. And then they turn out to be giants or bodybuilders or just otherwise insanely buff. And he's like, uh, no, not you. The guy behind you. Not that behind. Yeah, there's. I love when he, he points to this old man. He's like, you old man. And this old man steps out of the crowd and he's fucking yoked. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, no, not you. Uh, you little kid. And then a little kid steps out and he's fucking shredded. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's a delightful sequence. Uh, but this enrages Stephen Chow and he says, all right, you asked for it. I'm going to ask for backup. And he throws a firecracker up in the air. And he says, that was the signal to get more Axe Gang people here. You better watch yourself. I'm out of here. But uh-oh, his firecracker landed a foul of a real Axe Gang member. Yes, uh, the, the local, like, uh, mini-boss of the Axe Gang. Uh, walks into this frame with his Panama hat exploded from firecracker. <laughs> and he's like, who threw that? And Stephen Chow's like, fucking they did. <laughs> <laughs> and then claims to be a part of the x Yeah, so they walk in and he's going to fight. The whole town is like, yeah, fucking fight us. What are you going to do? I don't care. We're poor. Leave us alone. And he's about to murder the barber when all of a sudden, in a flash, in a blur... Uh, the barber's still standing, and this guy has a broken spine, <laughs> and he's stuck in a barrel. <laughs> yep, so they launch uh, a proper firework to summon their uh, the leader of the axe gang. A and firework in the shape of an axe. Yeah, yeah. it's like a bat signal. Yeah, awesome. but, but a firework. Axe signal. Yeah. Hey! So anyways, <laughs> the rest of the axe gang shows up, and like... Every time the Axe King shows up, there's like 300 of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, they're like, all right, we're here to fight everybody, blah, blah, blah. Everybody gets held at Axe Point, and a, right. a small a wife or a mother and child are dragged out to the center and covered in what appears to be gasoline. Yeah, or kerosene something or something burnable. like that. Yeah. Um, and just before they can be set on fire, the, uh, the local, like, uh, they keep calling them the Cooley. Cooley. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a courier. Yeah. Um, or like worker, like factory yeah. worker. In the show Warrior, they are they like the all the guys who work in the factories, they call them coolies. coolies. Yeah, which leads me to believe that it's probably a slur. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't say it. <laughs> like uh, anyways. We're just we use the use the fucking Chris Rock defense of like we're just quoting something. No. We're just <laughs> quoting something. <laughs> we're just quoting something. It's just, fine. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all thirteen-year-old dirtbags that grew up in the suburbs should not have quoted those Chris Rock routines. <laughs> oh <laughs> boy. So, anyways, he uh, immediately steps forward and says, "Like I'm the guy who did this." You can take it up with me, and then just starts wiping the fucking floor with good. Oh, he yeah. is specifically all, kicks all the time. Yeah, specifically, he is a kickmaster. Yes, uh, just like yeah, hard kicks, just knocking dudes out right in the chest. They're flying places. And speaking of things that I deeply miss that movies used to do all the time, every time a kick connects, a big cloud of dust just poofs. Oh yes. man! Yeah, yeah. That looks so cool. Coating all the extras in chalk dust. <laughs> yeah, tough baby extras. powder. Yeah. 
that's why they had to stop. Oh, no, yeah. it's probably because it was just cheaper to not do it. Oh, okay. Uh, Fucking David Fincher got in there and ruined it for everyone. <laughs> Meh. Uh, he Go made back him, to selling shoes, you dickhead. <laughs> he made him do so many takes with baby powder that they ran out of baby powder. In, in the, the world, world. yeah, world. true. Well, that's why Biden had to sign that legislation to uh, <laughs> call up the Defense Act to get more talcum powder, right? That's what that's about. Yeah, yeah. two years after David Fincher's last movie, Mank came out. Yeah, just covered in baby powder. <laughs> How else can Gary Oldman look like he's 30 if he's not covered head to toe in talcum? I hear that's how they made it look black and white with baby powder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, fun fact, the screenplay written entirely in baby powder. <laughs> Maybe just got a little wet and made like a crust. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, look, he's an auteur. What do you want? <laughs> so the kick man starts kicking guys. Uh, but he is soon overwhelmed by goons. But fear not, because uh, now it's time for the tailor's turn. And the tailor uh, kicks off like this giant like uh, like rod and iron chains, like iron links, rings go around his arms. Yeah, you've all is... seen Shang-Chi. You know about rings. Yeah, yeah he it. got rings. Yeah. So he starts fucking just hammering dudes with his ring arms. He's the iron fist uh, yeah. of this thing. And he starts hammering dudes. And then, oh, buddy, my favorite guy shows up, Big Stick Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> he's the guy who makes noodles, but he's Big Sticks. And he yeah. just starts wailing on Tommy guns and Lugers. Yeah. <laughs> he just breaks a bunch of guns with sticks. And oh. then he sweeps the leg. Yeah. Yep. I love a good big floppy stick in a movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Speaking of big floppy sticks, you guys watched the first episode of Kids in the Hall? Hell yeah. <laughs> Full stems and berries in that sketch, baby. <laughs> That's right. Open right it up with that. Open right. it up with full frontal dicks. Oof. That makes that show statistically braver and more forward thinking than all the seasons of Game of Thrones. I wasn't ready for There was this. dicks in Game of Thrones. There you saw Hodor's uh, dick. Like barely. Nah, it's big. Nah. I saw it. Nah. Yikes. But Kids of the Hall, I was not ready for the slapping sound. <laughs> <laughs> really, I well, what I love is it looks like they're going to do... It looks like they're going to do an Austin Powers about it with the car doors, and yeah. then they just walk to the yeah, other side keep of the car doors. <laughs> oh, God bless them. So glad to have them yeah. back. Same. Solid, solid Same. group. Yeah. It's bananas that five, like, 60-year-old men made, like, one of the best sketch comedy shows the last like 20 years basically since yeah. they stopped doing their first show well i was utterly delighted by how much the first like 15 minutes of that first episode was about brain candy yes oh great hey the kids in the hall is this the same kids in the hall that were delightful in the early 90s no these are the bitter angry kids in the hall from, <laughs> from the, the mid 90s <laughs> oh, oh and so unapologetically Canadian. Yes. Yeah. Well, because they're still getting money from the CBC to make this show. <laughs> Thanks, Justin Trudeau. It's the one good thing he's done. Yeah. True. True. Uh, so anyways, these uh, three kung fu masters, the secret kung fu masters, take out the rest of the Axe Gang and save the town. Send the Axe Gang 
Run around, yeah. Yeah, but landlady is real pissed off. No fighting in her town disrupts the peace it does. Yeah, yeah. she's worried now that the ass gang is mad and they're going to keep coming back. And so she doesn't want him there. Cut to the Axe Gang, where the Axe Gang leader is complaining about how he's the bad guys and they should do the ass kicking. Yeah. And today they got their asses kicked. It's not fair. Yeah. It's not right. So they capture fucking Stephen Chow and his big dopey friend, and they're like, "It's because of you, idiots, pretending to be us, running your complicated haircut schemes that we got embarrassed today. We're gonna hang you from the ceiling and throw axes till you're dead." Uh, but just before that first axe hits Stephen Chow, whoop, he's gone. He's picked his lock. Uh, he's preternaturally skilled at the thieving arts. Yeah, this impresses the axe gang, and they're like, do it again on your buddy. We'll count to three. Three! And they immediately start throwing axes. But he works well under pressure. He picks that lock as well. And they're like, all right, you guys want to be part of our gang. You gotta go kill someone, and then we'll let you be part of the gang. And they run off with their assignment, and fucking <laughs> Axe Boy Accountant is just like, are you, they're not gonna kill anyone. And he's like, shut up, it's just good to have idiots like that around. Yeah. We'll use them later. I just love that they get out on the street, like, they're gonna, like, kill, they're, like, gonna be, do crimes, and they're just, like, <laughs> the shittiest couple of shitheads yeah. that oh, have yeah. ever shitheaded, ever. They're sitting around in the beggar's corner smoking cigarettes <laughs> that other people have discarded. <laughs> At, yeah, they're just, like, we're not gonna be the beggars, like, trash like these guys. Pick up butt. Yeah. Take, take puff. Yeah, is it at this point that they are distracted by ice cream? Yes, I yeah. believe so. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're distracted by glasses for the first time. Yeah, it's the That's first right, Four Eyes comes four up. Eyes. Uh, yeah, Four Eyes is looking at them smoking a cigarette butt with a disgusted look, and they're just like, we'll beat you up, Four Eyes! Yeah. Starting a running gag. Yeah, Four Eyes gets on the bus, and they're like, yeah, you step off this bus, I'll kill you, I'll kill you, and he's like, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, they start talking about how they're going to be hard men and immediately are distracted by the ring ring of an ice cream. Yeah, because they want to join the Axe Gang because the the whole city is taken over by crime. And in 1930s Hong Kong, first you get the crime, then you get the money, then you get the ice cream. That's right. Yeah. You can't skip steps and go right to the ice cream. No. That didn't work well for Scarface, did it? Nope. That's right. He laid out the rules and he couldn't follow them. I forgot about all those scenes during Push It to the Limit where he brings big bags of ice cream to the bank. <laughs> Correct. And he takes people after his wedding to his backyard to, to see his white that? tiger <laughs> made of ice cream. Michelle Pfeiffer in that movie, though. Good God. It's a beautiful one. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I will say, anytime I've revisited Scarface, I am taken aback afresh at just how profoundly racist that performance is. Holy shit. About how, like, all the performances kind of are. Yeah, Al, yeah. Al Pacino is a Cuban gangster. That's <laughs> not exactly right. Oh, boy. The, there's a, there was a Scarface, like, video game that came out. That was like a Scarface, G- the world is yours for PlayStation 2 yeah. and Nintendo GameCube. It was like a GTA clone. And the Which is hilarious, because this was after Vice City, the GTA game that was just Scarface. Scarface. <laughs> But what was awesome was, like, clearly Al Pacino wasn't going to come back and do the voice of Scarface. But they used audio clips from the movie at the beginning of the game when they make you reenact the say hello to my little friend scene. But this time you survive. But then the rest of the game, your voice is a man trying his damnedest to do Al Pacino 
trying his damnedest to do Cuban, and it don't work, buddy. If you want to hear some primo, amazing video game voice acting, I implore you to play the PlayStation Two era Godfather the video game. Oh, oh no, buddy! I've never even played that, and I. I I am salivating at how utterly terrible the Brando is in that game. (laughs) It's like the equivalent of uh, the end of that uh, Brando movie where they had to superimpose the smile on his face. (laughs) But if that were somehow a voice performance... Because Brando's as as coherent through that whole film as he is when he's running around in the backyard... With the orange in his Yeah, mouth. I'm a monster. I'm a uh, like, he sounds like that the whole movie. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Because he oh. stuffed his cheeks full of cotton and didn't bother learning any of his lines. Classic Brando. Julia, we gotta get you to watch The Godfather. I have watched The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> you finally watched The Family! Hey! You get all of the reference! I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Uh, also, uh, this we, there's a brief moment here where Stephen Chow explains that uh, he's a kung fu master himself, don't you know? And he we have a, an extended flashback to his childhood, where as a youth, uh, he is approached by a, a derelict man in the streets who offers him a kung fu manual, magic kung fu manual, for $10. And the kid buys it uh, because the man flatters him by telling me he has the bone structure of a True Kung Fu genius. And the Chi Flow. He has the bone structure and the Chi Flow. Yes. Yeah. And he will bring about world peace. That's right. Yeah, it is basically like an advertisement for X-ray specs on the back of a comic book. No, it's an advertisement for the Dim Mock, the fucking murder punch that Count Dante <laughs> Yeah, you need that murder punch, baby. Oh, that man threw dynamite at other dojos. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Because they weren't teaching the murder punch, John. You can't let people teach karate no murder punch. <laughs> what are people going to think? It's true. Uh, so this That's kid true. has an extended, like, a training montage where he's teaching himself. Uh, yeah, he, he goes home and he Buddhist, breaks his piggy yeah. bank, spending his entire life savings. He had, at that point, been saving up to become a doctor or a lawyer. But this is more important. It's this is peace. peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he trains in the uh, the Buddhist palm technique, uh, and then like the next day comes across some bullies uh, shaking down a, a mute girl for her lollipop, and he stands up to them and gives one palm blast to the guy's chest, which does nothing. Oof. He is then. Beaten down like a fisheye lens in a 90s hip hop video. Yeah. And then peed on. And then peed and on. Peed on for like, like a long pee. time. Yeah, it's like eight guys pee on him. It's bad. Yeah. Well, don't, well, eight guys, like children. Yeah, you well, that's so really only no like idea. four adult men <laughs> peeing on him. <laughs> that's how, yeah, that's how the math eight works. Guys, I picture adults peeing on a child, and that's somehow worse. That's very so worse. It's a lot worse. Yeah, no, you'd much I, rather have kids peeing on kids. <laughs> If you're going to have it at all, I guess that's the lesser of two evils. I would love if somebody could just isolate that when Patrick just... uh, It's going to be my new ringtone. Everywhere. It's one everywhere. Pretty soon Patrick's going to be trying to get us into Bitcoin and tell us about the secret Bitcoin island. Ooh, is there an island? Oh, buddy, is there ever. (laughs) 
let me tell you, they got some ideas on that island. John, I, think, I hate to tell you about the, the bitcoins. Oh, what about it? It's, it's to the moon, right? Right there with the NFTs? You Hell yeah. Probably should have stuck it out with your GameStop stocks. Oh, man. Uh, Patrick, they're pronounced stonks. True. No, you're right. True, true. You got a you gotta hold the stonk. Yep. Gotta hold the stonk. I've got diamond hands, not like your flimsy paper hands. Oh, <laughs> uh, my poor wife, who is the only person who doesn't go to Reddit ever. <laughs> oh, what a blessed existence. Oh, yeah, no. It's be, better uh, for you. It's yeah. technically better for you. Don't go to no, you're missing so many good things. There's one called Kids Falling Down. That's exactly what it sounds like. It's just kids falling down. It's they, funny. They oh, can man. daycare out my window. I can watch kids fall down all day. Sure, yeah. They can put you on a list for that. True. If I watch you it watch on my phone, wedding. it's funny. Oh, God. We're both. We're going to isolate both of these clothes. There's also one called Illegally Small Cats. No, yes. that was actually pretty great. They're cats that are illegally small. They're so small, and they oh. try to jump. Oh, it's so good! They're so tiny. There's and also secret. Out. There's also secret compartments, which is people's like secret rooms and like hallways in their houses. Yeah, right. and there's also secret now. No, true. There's also all the porn you can need. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Right? Weirdly, so yes. That, yeah. I uh. I just wanted to see if there were any English language reviews of the new Ultraman movie. Turns out there are. It sounds fucking rad. I Can't bet wait. they didn't say that on Reddit. On Reddit, we hate things. We hate them hard. Oh, yeah, but Reddit yeah. loves like anime and like no, yeah, stuff like true. that. Well, true. here's the thing. So Reddit is the internet of like the early to mid knots, where it's just like fucking everything's stupid. I'm smart for hating everything. Oh, everything's just a rip off of everything else, and it's me, Randall from Clerks, and I have all the right opinions. Whereas Twitter is the modern internet, where it's just like. Hey, that thing you like, we love it so hard you'll hate it. <laughs> oh, no. Ryan Reynolds, get out of there. Oh, too late. Chris Pratt, no. Oh, too late. Oh, don't put that in late. the same boat. Little. So, uh, the guy, he, baby Stephen Child tries to save this lady. He gets peed on. Um, True facts. And then this, this is his like villain origin story where yes. he's just like and he yeah. runs yeah. off and, and now he, we're back to yeah he realizes that he can be a bad guy and like bad guys win good guys lose he immediately that's when they then they go get the ice cream they and steal, they steal it from her yeah and it and like it's very obvious that this is the the mute young lady because she's like staring at him and the the music cue is the same when he stares at her and then goes. What are you looking at? And <laughs> well, you he specifically free says, ice cream? Yeah, you ever see free ice cream and then runs away, which like, oh, I'm going to try that. But my favorite part is they get on the tra- they jump on the trolley and as they're leaving he goes <laughs> as ice cream rolls off his tongue. <laughs> just laughing hysterically for like 30 whole seconds. Yeah, and it is great. immediately after he tells the story. Yes. Like seconds oh, yeah. later. Right and now. that is the saddest ice cream cone oh. I have ever seen it in my life. A quarter of a scoop tops. Oh, yeah. yeah. Most. yeah. It was like someone put a tablespoon of cream on top and they were like, you're done. Yeah, I've you know, one of the things I've noticed is that ice cream cones in non-American countries are those bullshit rip-off cones where it's just a cone with a little bit of a bump on top. Nah, that's barely a scoop. You gotta fill up the whole cone first, then you put one whole scoop on top of that, yes. and then the second scoop, that's your one scoop. 
Everything after that. Because here's the thing. The ice cream only tastes good if I have the thrill of possibly accidentally knocking it over. And right. this is why we sacrificed so much to defeat communism. No, but that's scoops. <laughs> Each dome is a scoop. No. No, I was... I'm, no, I'm, the I'm first is an American. Yeah. And a Midwestern. <laughs> yeah. And a Midwesterner. Yeah. Because the first bulge, that's strictly there for structural integrity yes. for the other scoops to go on top of. But that doesn't provide any structural integrity. That's it's not important. It absolutely does. The government paid for that entire first scoop to no. keep all those Wisconsin dairy farmers <laughs> going. Thanks. It's like a subsidy program. Yeah, we're talking about infrastructure here. Right. It was in the farm bill, D. God bless you, Dwight D. Eisenhower. <laughs> <laughs> you gave us the big ice cream scoops and you warned us about the military industrial hey, complex. Any raised minimum wage by a quarter. You could buy a scoop of ice cream for yeah, that. Right, you could. You could buy a whole goddamn cone back then. Yeah, no, in the fifties, you could buy your own ice cream business. I was about to say a whole parlor at that yeah. point. We used to make ice cream in this country. <laughs> <laughs> Taste you some Laura Seacord butter pecan, you'd be changing her too. Laura Seacord was a Canadian spy. She was, a, she was actually American <laughs> who joined the Canadians. Whoa, she was a traitor spy? Yeah. That not, made butter pecans? Yeah, not to Canada, no. Oh. She's got a great. Whose uh, side are you on, Canada? Canada's? In the War of, in the war of 1812? <laughs> well, technically they were on Britain's side in that sure. war. But they kind of did their own thing, like burning down the White House. Yeah, well, I had it coming. Yeah. Good thing Jebediah Springfield was there. <laughs> yep, he truly embiggened all of our souls. Wait a minute, hold on. I'm just realizing that Jebediah Springfield, who was Hans Sprungfeld, Correct. is the one who went to the burning down of the White House and ripped up the Washington picture, which means he was fighting for Canada? Yeah, I guess. Wow. Look, he was a pirate with a literal silver tongue. He fought for wherever the money was. Yeah, because he's Hendrick Sprungfield. So Hans he Sprungfeld. A, Sprungfeld. He would have been a Hessian mercenary. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Lisa the Iconoclast from, I think, season <coughs> six of The Simpsons. That's what we're doing right now for yes. all of it's the befuddled. It's a very cromulent episode. It is. Yeah. A perfectly cromulent episode, indeed. It's got the, the fucking the old Sutherland. It's, yeah, Donald. Yeah. Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Yep. The Good Sutherland. Great episode. Sure. Yeah. You're not going to tell me that Kiefer is the good one. No. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But he had to do a television show for 24 hours. And he was in Three Musketeers. That's true. He was one of the Musketeers. Yeah, with Wait. Charlie Sheen and Oliver oh, Platt. that's yeah. right. But isn't he Canadian? Kiefer Sutherland? And Donald Sutherland? Yeah. Yes, they're both Canadian. Comes full circle. Yikes. Wow. There we go. We gotta close that border. Guys. That means the, that yeah, means, that means the lead vampire from Lost Boys is Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> that's why apologize they, enough. That's why they need to be invited yeah. in. Because they're Canadian. They're, they're polite. So polite. <laughs> that's also why they like big greasy sax solos. Ah, who doesn't though? Come on. Um, so they decide to kill the landlady. Yes. That's yes. going to be their target to get them into the action. And they've cabin. got a series of knives, and they're going to throw them right at her. God damn it. I am a sucker for, like, the stupidest gags. Oh, and this, this is knife great. gag is so dumb. So dumb. But I love it so much. 
The first knife he throws, it like ricochets off of like a wall, a ceiling, and then into his shoulder. <laughs> so he, he says, <laughs> all right, buddy, you take this next one. Uh, his buddy throws it, and it just lands straight, straight into his yeah. other he shoulder. He barely throws it right into his shoulder. And his friend's like, are you okay? And he's like, maybe just move up a little bit and aim better. <laughs> yeah. And he reaches back with the knife, stabs it into his arm, and then when he throws it, pulls off just the handle and lobs it where it sticks to landlady's right, face. Right, with that little bit of blood on her <laughs> cheek. It sticks to her face. My absolute favorite part of this gag is that Buddy then turns around, sees all the knives stuck in Stephen Chow, and he's like, Oh, no, let me help you out. Pulls one of the knives out, and Stephen Chow says, Ow! Oh, sorry. And then just puts it back in. Yeah. He, well, he pulls it out, and he goes, Don't do that. And he goes, Sorry. I must say, I really, in this sequence, enjoy the conversation of uh, where he realizes that he just threw the hand, or he doesn't know yeah. where the handle went. And he's looking at the knife, and he's like, Hey, where's the handle on this one? <laughs> Surely that's not the same knife. Oh, no. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then Landlady spots them. They're made. Uh, Big Dopey Friend picks up a fucking... One of those errant snake crates. One of those boxes of snakes. <laughs> it's a lobster trap <laughs> yeah. full of, of cobras. They're just around. We've all seen them. They don't need to be explained. Yeah, I, it drops a bunch of cobras right on Stephen Chow. <laughs> yep. Uh, the cobras... Two cobras... Uh, are starting to make like eyes like they're going to pounce. Uh, his friend says, don't worry, cobras love music. I'll start whistling. They won't bite. And Stephen Chow's like, I guess it's worth a shot. Before he can whistle any note, two snakes bite him on the side of the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> this starts the Looney Tunes foot chase. Right, yes. and then Landlady shows up and starts chasing them, and then we go full Roadrunner Wiley Coyote. Yeah, she literally has the, like... Flintstones Roadrunner like as like the feet like spin in circles. Right. They're gearing up. Yeah, and they have and then she chases after him and Stephen Chow eventually reveals that he can also do this. And what follows is a delightful ludicrous chase. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're Down flipping, the they're jumping over cars, they're they're turning completely sideways and going under cars. They're doing straight up like like snowboarding and skateboard like verp tricks yeah. in the air. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this comes to an abrupt stop when Landlady smacks right into a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> and then sticks and slides down. Real oh, classy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this stuff. is where we find that Stephen Chow and Weird Buddy live in a stop sign? In a traffic signal? They live in one of them traffic signal crow's nests, you know? Yeah. One of them is around. One of those errant traffic signal crow's nests. They don't need to be explained. No. Um, but yeah, Stephen Chow, uh, to now, who now has like giant... Uh, engorged, swollen, yeah, yeah like yeah. venomous lips, in an effort to like pur- purge his body, like kind of like hulks out. Yeah, he's like slamming his arms down, and you can see his veins like coursing, and the knives are like being squeezed out of his muscles, yes. shooting out. And then from the outside, on the metal crow's nests, you can see like fists and palm prints, like smashing through and leaving in- indents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we cut back to Pigsty Alley where Landlady is just like, all right, we gotta, we can't have all these kung fu masters living in our town. It's just going to attract people to start fights. We'll let Buddha decide if you can stay or if you have to go. So they do a ceremony where they shake 
some sticks yeah, out a of a container. Of yeah. Uh, the stick turns out to be a bad stick, a horrifically bad stick, yes. according yes. to the subtitles. The Buddha says they should go. Yeah. So they they get they start packing up, ready to leave town because they don't want no trouble. Meanwhile, in Axe Gang territory, they are hiring some assassins to take out these punks. What made fools of them? Yes. Yeah. They're two, uh, two musicians. musicians dressed all in like. Dark, like really, really dark blue with sunglasses. ZZ Top, but without the beards. Yes, yeah. and only two of them. Yeah, aren't there only two? No, there's, there's three. three. But only two of them have a beard. Oh well, all and right. And weirdly enough, the one who doesn't have a beard, Frank Beard. Oh shit! He has a mustache though. Yeah, it's a good mustache. Yeah. By the way, fucking dig into the origins of ZZ Top. It yeah. is a wild. They went around story. and pretended to be the zombies for a while. They were an illegal zombies band. Yep. Well, oh. we used to do that in the seventies. What's crazy is that they weren't the only illegal zombies band. Correct. That was apparently a very popular thing to do. Not with any other bands, just the, the zombies. Because they had a, they they were the, there's a, there's a John Malkovich movie called Color Me Kubrick, where John Malkovich pretends to be Stanley Kubrick to just get free hotel rooms and shit. Sure. And like. It's that kind of level of fame for uh, the zombies at that time, where it's like, yeah, I know the zombies have that one song, and I guess there's four of them, so, like, I don't know what they fucking look like. Yeah, I guess if you play that one song, good enough, you're the zombies, get out there. Yeah, buddy. If they tried to be, like, the Beatles, they'd be like, fuck you, everyone on the planet knows what the Beatles look like. I think a large part of it, too, was that uh, a lot of, some British acts couldn't tour the United States for, like, tax reasons. Because of the war. Um, because, like, the Kinks very famously could not tour the United States because of, like... Well, that's because they would fill the youth with dangerous ideas. Like falling, tax evasion. <laughs> falling in love with someone you shouldn't. Sure. Um, so, like, that's one of the reasons why, like, the Kinks never had, like, blew up stateside like the Beatles and the Stones did is because they could not tour. Uh, but I think the Zombies had, like, a similar thing. Yeah. Where they could not go over there for, like, tax reasons. Yeah, they were put together by a fucking shady manager that was just conning arenas out of money. Yeah. And they decided, hey, actually, we're real good playing together. Let's just be ZZ Top. Yeah, man. And they fucking rule. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out that one of them is amongst the greatest guitarists that's ever lived. Yeah, goddamn right. (laughs) Have you ever seen the ZZ Top documentary? No. There's like it's on Amazon Prime, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's just like a the story of ZZ Top, and it's all three dudes from ZZ Top talking about how they ZZ Topped, and it's fucking awesome. Man, nice. What's amazing is that the manager that put them together as the fake zombies band eventually got caught and was arrested. If he had not been so preoccupied trying to scam people and just realized that he had created ZZ Top. He would have three yachts by now. Yep. Yeah. Let that be a lesson to the children out there. If you put together ZZ Top, just play ZZ Top. Babe, give me a ZZ Top. I want yacht money. Go get him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly. Ooh, me and John will be fake pin and teller. Ooh, yeah. I'll be the loud one. <laughs> nice. But, but no, but you're the one with the can, man bun. Can you do any oh. magic whatsoever? Ooh. I believe that ZZ Top could play guitars. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they yeah. did play guitars. All right, I think they could play bass too. Uh, hold on, I got um, uh, uh, what? It's hold on, magic, hold, he's got right? magic. Yeah, comedy magic. So you yeah. just need jokes that are good enough. Ooh. 
I got it. All right. What? Hey, Yay. hey, tell hey. her, tell yeah. her. What card am I thinking of? The boobs. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. This guy. Oh yeah. Vegas was decimated by a pandemic. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, shit. I'm in open D tuning, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was almost going to be real good because I've been playing that Joe Walsh song, Life of Illusion. <laughs> well, this is actually apropos of the movie that we watched because these assassins are music assassins. That's Musical right. Assassins. Um, uh, they specifically say that they are not the best assassin in the world. The best assassin is Mr. Beast. Yes. Who became so obsessed with learning kung fu that he went crazy and they locked him up in an asylum. So the accountant for the Axe Gang is like, then that makes you the best assassin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, well, technically we're musicians. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they go to Pigsty Alley. Yeah. And, In Pigsty uh, Alley, the three kung fu masters, they're saying goodbye, and they're like, man. It's crazy that we all lived in this city and we didn't know that each other was a kung fu master. It's it'd be nice to know which one of us was the strongest, but you know, we never fought, so we'll just We'll never know. Anyway, but and then they immediately start. Yeah, oh, yeah, they immediately spar for a little bit, uh, and then like salute each other. They bow and they're like, "Goodbye, old friends. Till we meet again." Yep. And then the fucking kick dude is on his way out of town, and as he's leaving town, the uh, I can't remember the name of the instrument that they're playing. Yeah, that big long it's a Chinese dulcimer. string instrument. It's a, it's right? a dulcimer-like instrument. Right, right, Julian. But it's no. it's a lap based string instrument. They play it in uh, Hero. Yeah. Yeah, in the broken spear. Not broken spear. What's his name? The spear. That fight. Yeah. They play it. John. John Spear. No. John Snow. John Snow. John Snow. Because it's broken sword. Gary the spear. Correct. Steve. You did it. I Steve think Steve maybe spear. it's a a a, guz- it. a guzheng. Yeah, that sounds right. No, it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, it plays all that sweet Chinese string music that you've probably heard in many movies. Correct. Yes. Uh, but what's great is anytime there's like a flourish of hitting all of the strings, something gets cut in the environment. Right. Uh, there's a really great panning shot where the, the character's leaving town and just behind him, anytime there's a flourish, like a plant gets cut in half, or part of the building gets cut. Or a kitty cat. <laughs> kitty cat. Yeah. Off screen, you just see the shadow. Just barely, yeah. yeah. And the blood. Yeah. And yeah. like, the, the blood, blood splatter. splatter. Yeah, uh, yeah. But unfortunately, Kick Guy turns around, and we get another flourish, and then it's his head. Yep. Yeah. Just tumbling to the ground. He's done. So the so next person other, in town, yeah. Is, yeah, other uh, guy goes into the tailor and is looking at the fabric and saying, like, oh, this fabric's very good. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it is very good, isn't it? Let's fight each other. Yeah, uh, so they go at Yeah, it. other guy, this guy is really good at, like, climbing on walls and he's got very long nails that he uses, like, um... X-Men Sabretooth? Yeah, I was going more like Psylocke. Okay. No, but Psylocke has... No, not Psylocke. Who's the marauder with the long nails? Are you talking about, like, uh, uh, Lady Deathstrike? She, the one with the bandana and the long nails? Yeah. And she lived oh, in the sewer? yeah, Deathstrike. Yeah, Deathstrike. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Catwoman. Also, Black Cat. A lot of cat-themed superheroes have long claws, too. Yeah. All yeah. those nails are just really in right now. True. Oh, yeah. True facts. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> this dude's got his claw on it, and the other guy's got his metal rings on and they fight for a little bit and then 
uh, Claw Guy like leaps back and joins the other guy on the the instrument, and they're like double teaming it now. Yeah, yeah. He's the ring bracelet guy. He's doing his best. He's always about to lose it, and then Spear Guy shows up. Shaking yeah. down mystical swords. Yeah, what's great is, like, now every time there's, like, a dust of music, you see that there is, like, a sword in Yeah, that. there's, like, a fucking, like, scimitar yeah. in there. Yeah. It's real Julia, good. Does your dulcimer shoot out both swords? I think you have to get better at it. I think maybe in my next class. Like, now, when I get to the next level. That's, like, a 201 yeah, technique. A 201. Yeah, Now, yeah, to yeah. be fair, you the, you play the, mo- the mountain dulcimer? Yes. So that's, like, an Appalachian instrument, right? Yes. So who would be shooting soul? No, she flourishes, and it's all it's coonskin like, hats and cast say, iron pans. I was going to say, fucking buoy knives Pine and shit. Pine cones and, like, flying squirrels. Yeah, oh, yeah, flying squirrels. Flying squirrels. I do know I can shoot flying squirrels now. Okay. But well, that's le- cool. Weaponry's not till later. Okay. Yeah, but there's such a beast to get out of the house. Sure. Leaping all over the place. Have you tried pairing them? Have you tried pairing them with a funny moose? No. Yeah, because then they'll just go fight the Russian spies. Where would we put the moose in the apartment? No, no, no. You just you introduce. Yeah, you just introduce them. You make them. You make them friends. The moose has their own apartment. Yeah. The moose has his own house. He's a graduate. He's a graduate of what's about you. That's true. Yes. No, they all go live in their plane. They're flying squirrels. <laughs> They're all going to put on very cute scarves they will and a little helmet. F- they will foil the Russian communist threat, though. They will do that. Yeah. Very important. With comedy. Yes. Yeah. And then sometimes a dog and a small boy will travel through time. Correct. Yeah. Sometimes there will be just an inexplicable explosion of very impressionistic animation, though, that to this day I cannot explain. That, sir, is true. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so uh, uh, ring guy, uh, so a uh, stick guy shows up, and stick guy like almost gets there, man. He throws like thirty sticks in the air and is just like deflecting swords. His stick breaks, grabs another stick, deflecting sword, stick breaks. He gets right up there, is about to kill the guy when they explode his fucking stick. Yeah, it's almost like it hits a force field, and then he gets blasted back. Yeah. yeah. During this fight, the whole time, Landlady is opening the window and they're stopping the music because they're scared of her yelling so loud. Mm -hmm. And she yells at him saying, people are trying to sleep. We got work in the morning. But then Landlord's like, oh, just don't listen to my wife. It's fine. Everything's cool. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Stick Guy and uh, like Iron Tailor Wrist Guy, they both get down for the count. Uh, This is when they do their big final musical flourish where instead of just summoning... Just swords, just errant swords. We all know what swords are. That doesn't need to be explained. They summon an army of ghost terracotta soldiers. Yeah. Uh, And they go hard. Uh, There are basically just an entire cloud of death. But this is when Landlady gets involved. She jumps down. She inhales through her cigarette all of the oh possible my God. and air. pulls the whole cherry on the cigarette down. It yeah. is gorgeous. And then unleashes, like, fucking Siren from the X-Men. I knew that one. I got that one. Oh, no, it's Banshee. Banshee. Fuck. It's Banshee. Ah. What are you even talking about? I was like, who the fuck is Siren? Just I thought another, it was Banshee. Just another example of John's anti-Irish bias. God damn it, John. It's true. What have the Irish ever done for you, me, or anyone? That's, Nothing, that's what. That's why you were rooting so hard for Harrison Ford and Patriot Games. <laughs> yeah, come on, Harry Ford, you show them what for. 
And he did. Shows he? Those games were, in fact, patriated. It's, it's quite... Yeah. Uh, in any case, when she screams, the entire ghost army just completely evaporates. They don't, yeah, and now, they can't, yeah. and now they can't help out fucking Aragorn and get released from their debt. It's true. true. They're gone, yeah. and the, the string instrument breaks. True. That, and doesn't it, like, like decimate, like, most of their clothing? Yeah, yeah. it does yeah. take oh, a quite yeah. a bit of yes. their clothing off. Uh, so they fuck off. Yeah, they're, they're like, like no, the lions They come neck down to fight, and uh, fucking landlord is there. And it turns out he's like rubbery. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He puts yeah. his arms around them, and as they hit him, they actually hit each other a yes. bunch. Man, I ain't seen nothing like the rubber band, man. You about to lose control Ooh. when the rubber band starts to jam. Hell yeah. Do, 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 Thanks, guys. Hammer down my back, okay? I love that you just hey, you like, like a guitar when you have a guitar literally. It's right tuned differently, and I don't know how it works right now. It's tuned so I can only play Joe Walsh's Life of Illusion. This shirt is so expensive because the patterns are so crazy. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he is he is made of rubber, and he's able to twist and bend and basically make deflect their punches back at them and make them hit each other. Yes, they like and basically it's great. beat the shit out of each other. Uh, so they get- so Axe Man and Axe Boss are in like a limousine watching all of this happen, and they're like, "Shit, we gotta go!" But before they can, immediately landlady just appears between the two of them in the back seat of the car, and this is. A masterclass oh. in comedic acting oh. from everybody involved. <laughs> As she silently, sternly turns to the boss and through a series of very pointed hand gestures threatens the shit out of him. <laughs> yes. And he like begrudgingly respects <laughs> and agrees to this. And she's like, all right. And she leaves and they leave. And they are immediately both, like, shaking in their seats. He pulls out, like, a cigar. Yeah, to, to try like, to calm his yeah. nerves. And then the guy pulls out his lighter, and it's shaking so much he can't light it. And he lights his hair on fire instead. <laughs> and so then he tries to put it out with the guy's whiskey. <laughs> Which, and that obviously just makes it worse. So he tries to, like... Smother the flame with his jacket, which only gets his jacket to catch on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so, and for the rest of the movie, the boss of the gang has a big burn down <laughs> half of his face. Yeah. Uh, but landlady and landlord are just like, yes, we are famous kung fu masters. Our son was killed in like a kung fu revenge scheme, and that's why like we realized that like revenge is just a vicious circle. We don't want to fight anymore. We need we need there to be peace. Meanwhile, the bad guys are like, we need to get the beast. Correct. Yeah. So they ask Stephen Chow uh, to go be their guy, to yeah. go get the beast. Stephen Chow is... And there's scene where he has with like, the ice cream lady again, too. Well, yeah, Stephen Chow is upset because he still hasn't been able to fulfill his destiny as a bad guy. So he's real pissed off because they failed to kill Lady, and he's just real like down on himself. So he goes and he tries to stick up the ice cream lady. And she keeps signing in sign language, like, don't you remember me, I remember you. But he doesn't understand the sign language, so he's just like, just give me all your money right now. Yeah. Uh, they also have a confrontation with four eyes on the bus. Oh, man, that's good stuff. He calls, where, 
<laughs> he calls him Four Eyes, and Four Eyes is like, why do you keep making fun of me? And he's like, oh, your gold rim glasses. And I love this. Four Eyes grabs him by the hair, slams his face down on the chair, and says, gold rim glasses are perfectly good for a clerk. And then yeah. just bashes his face off the chair a bunch. And then he tells his friend, he's like, hey, help me. And his friend goes, <laughs> and then so immediately then gets his just... face smashed into the... <laughs> yeah. So Stephen Chow's feel... This is his, like, mid-movie crisis where he's just like, I hate you, best friend. Take this money and leave me alone. We're not best friends anymore. Get out of here. And then is immediately pulled into the axe hangout where they're just like, we need your lockpicking skills, son. Yeah. Today's your day. You're yes. gonna go break the beast out. So the beast is being held in the uh, abnormal psychiatric, the atypical nerve something. So, yeah, center. I missed it. Yeah, it was the atypical psychiatric something, and yeah. then it was the abnormal human something in the yeah. like uh, translation. Anyways, it's run by a bunch of fucking British people. British people. Also in shorts. Yep, correct. It's very hot there. Yes. They are patrolled entirely by a bunch of jade dangles. <laughs> what I love, though, is that the uh, the Axe Gang, they're just like... Because uh, Stephen Chow is like, oh shit, this is guarded by troops. And they're like, they're Boy Scouts. <laughs> just get in there, fucking khaki idiots. They have tanks. Yeah. The, the yeah. Tank. yeah, they got a tank. And so Andre's always worried about getting hurt because his friend even points out, he's like, I've never seen anybody heal as quickly as you do. Yeah, he's got yeah. like Wolverine level healing power. Yeah, he's yeah. got something going on. He's just also just cowardly by nature. Yes. Um, well, he's like, was it the Dunning-Kruger effect? Like people who like have like low skill but believe that they are high-skilled right. or whatever. Some skill. Yeah, like a Ben Shapiro-type guy. Hey, got him! Roasted! Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> Big nerd. Fucking loser. Anyways, <laughs> Stephen Chow breaks in. Come be on our show, Mike Huckabee. No! no. Oh, yeah, we were going to get Huckabee. What happened to that? He was going to play bass. It was going to be rad. John and I were really excited. <laughs> We were supposed to do that. Uh, I thought that... I thought he just appeared if you said his name in a mirror three Generally, times. Generally, we uh, try to get people to come to the podcast on the Bloody Mary theory. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Also, yeah. do that at your house. <laughs> What's wrong with the hunk? Nah, he she's... can play the bass. She's got a point, though. Then have him at your house, <laughs> Julia. <laughs> um, he's not invited at but he could play the bass. But here's the thing about Mike Huckabee is whatever room he is in will reek of cheap cigars and corn cobs. If I and that to... scent will linger in the living space for weeks. You have that, not I... sold, not, not yeah. sold me. Like, that is not a demerit to Mike Huckabee. But if I wanted that, I would just invite, me. I'd invite Tom Waits. Because <laughs> at least Tom Waits would share the corn cobs with him. <laughs> and then he'd sing a gravelly drinking song about making booze out of him. I fucking love late period Tom Waits about how confrontationally bad his singing is. <laughs> his singing is daring you to make him stop. What is he building? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they break into the... They break in to the to the jail, the psychiatric ward. 
uh, he ma- uh, makes his way through. There's a, a little bit where uh, it's all shot like a like a fucking like The Shining and like an Evil Dead movie. It's all Dutch angles. Well, and to the part where movie. they do an homage, they have the the door open and the blood come yeah. down yeah, the hallway. We get there. Yeah, we get to yeah. the uh, And they get to a final hallway. And it's it's crawling with toads or hopping with toads. Hopping with toads. And he, uh, That's my he, new ska band, Hopping with Toads. And he breaks open the door to find uh, an average-looking old man reading a newspaper, possibly on the John. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. this is The Beast. The yep. Beast. So the, the Beast now is being, like, fetid by the, uh, the, the X-Gang. X-Gang. And the, they're like, look, you're the best killer there is. How much do you charge to do killing? And he's like, man, fucking, I'm so good at killing that there's nobody who can offer me a challenge. So I don't fight anymore. He says that he's in the psychiatric hospital voluntarily because he's just bored. Yeah. yeah, he went there. He stays there because there's nobody worth killing. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, all right, Stephen Chow, we need this guy to give us a demonstration. Go fight him. Uh, Stephen Chow says, like, you see this fist? You ever see a fist this big? Let's go! And he taps him on the forehead and runs away. <laughs> yeah. And then immediately ducks out from behind the pillar and go, is he okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But anyways, then one of the other goons gets it in his head. He's going to be the big man. And he just starts like wailing on the beast. Just hammers him a bunch of times. And each time he does, Mr. Beast is just like, harder, man. Please, (laughs) harder. Please, harder. And then eventually just fucking murders him. Yeah. Well, he takes a gun from him. At yeah. That, at this point, he goes, ooh, it's a foreign gun. Yeah. And that's where we see how great he is because he puts the gun a little off to his head and fires and then catches it between his two fingers. The yes. The bullet. Yep. So they're like, yes, Mr. the Beast, you are the best. We would like to, you know, uh, contract your services to kill these kung fu masters that we don't like very much. And he's like... Funny you should mention Kung Fu Masters. I feel the aura of two great Kung Fu Masters right here in your casino. He lifts his foot up perpendicular to the floor, brings it down with such force that it just cuts a straight line through the floor and blows the wall open. And it's like, yeah, there they are. They're right there at your uh, craps table. I'm gonna go fight them. There's a casino next door. Everybody runs the fuck out except for landlady and landlord who happen to be sitting at one of the tables. Yeah, because they brought a Buddhist funeral bell because they were coming to just basically threaten the Axe Gang to leave them alone. But they got distracted by the gambling. Yes. And I cannot fucking stress how good their costumes are. Are. Oh yeah, golden. Yeah, they're dressed like a like a seventies disco couple on vacation. Yeah, yeah, he's got a big open collared yellow can- like canary yellow shirt with a fucking like like an ascot, like, like an ascot or yeah. something. But then it's it's like a checkerboard pattern yeah. on it. Oh, it's so good. Oh yeah. Uh, and so Mr. Beast comes out and he's like, "Oh hey, look, it's my old kung fu buddies." And they're like, Beast, what are you doing here, you old so-and-so? And he's like, I'm looking to either kill or be killed by great kung fu masters. And they're like, well, there's two great kung fu masters right here, I guess. And so we get to it. <laughs> yeah, they open with Landlady kicking through the table and just obliterating the entire crab's table. But the Beast has blocked her kick right beneath his chin. Yes. And then it has become on, much in the style of Donkey Kong. Yes. And for most of the fight, uh, Landlord and Landlady can't really uh, do too much to Beast. Well, they can't really do anything, but 
the beast also is not fighting back at this point. He's right. just like tanking all the hits because he finds it amusing. Yes. Uh, eventually, though, he starts fighting back and he gets him on the ropes until uh, they uh, landlady gets to the funeral bell and as she's like dodging hits and getting hit, just keeps smacking the top of this bell until finally the top of it breaks off. Her husband lifts it up and you realize that it is a goddamn megaphone. Fuck yeah. And she unleashes like unenhanced lion's roar, like scream into it. Yeah. That essentially sets off a tornado inside the building. (laughs) Guys are flying everywhere. Everything is moving around. Walls are coming down. Furniture everywhere. It like opens like a gash on the top of his head. Yeah, it's like tearing the skin off of Beast. Now was I the only person expecting a half-naked person to pop out of the bell after she broke it open? I was wondering oh, what like was going to come out yeah. of it. I thought yeah. it was a container, but I, I didn't know what. I thought it would be what. like a birthday cake, because the whole movie had been so goofy that either <laughs> yeah. like a woman in a bikini or a dude in a Speedo would just like pop out of it and <laughs> yeah. then run away. Yeah, right. Just yeah. as a distraction. Uh, Beast then says, I didn't know you could do Lion's Roar through a speaker, and I surrender. Yeah. But he doesn't! It's a trap! He throws two darts at them, and those darts open up into, like, razor blade lotus flowers. It's really pretty. Well, he stabs the flowers at them, and they catch the flowers. And then the flowers shoot a pin, and they both catch the pins in their mouths. Yeah. But then he can pull back, and he still has, like, two, essentially, stilettos, and stabs them both. Yes. This is when they get into, like, a three-way wrestling pin. Yes. Everybody is all locked up. But here's the thing. Nobody has two shoulders on the mat, so the countdown cannot start. New. Yeah. Nobody's pinned. Yeah, leader of the ass gang tells Stephen Chow, like, all right, fucking hit hit those two people, kill them. Yeah, he keeps saying, hit him, hit him in the head, beat the shit out of him. And he says, do you want me to hit them or beat the shit out of them? You keep telling me to do different things and I'm confused. And then so Stephen Chow starts hitting the leader of the axe gang. And then he starts hitting the beast. That's right. Uh, and the beast does not uh, appreciate this. No. And he, uh, he, he responds by caving in Stephen Chow's chest with a punch and then caving in his face, punching his head through the floor, yeah. shattering his neck and his face <laughs> just repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. It's enough of a distraction for landlord and landlady to Looney Tunes run out of there with Stephen Chow. Uh, Axe gang leader is just like, what the hell, Beast? You let him go. And the Beast hits him in the face so hard that his head spins around like a top. Yep. Yep. Then he's looking, like, behind himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is the last time we see him, so he's, oh, he's done. Dead. Oh, he is yeah. dead. Yeah. Very dead. Yeah, Beast is just like, this fuck, nobody escapes the Beast. I'm going to track these fuckers down. Uh, landlord and landlady take him back to Pigsty Alley where they wrap him up in ancient Chinese herbs. Yeah, in a full body like cast. The Beast yeah. put on a suit. He dressed up for the occasion. He does. That's true. Beast gets out of his underwear and wife beater and puts on a suit jacket and pants. Yeah, he's yeah. he's doing the the Gerardo special. Yeah, the Rico Suave special. Yeah, Correct. Wow. Suit, suit jacket, <laughs> no shirt. Yeah, baby. Wow. Get that wax chest in there. Yeah. Catch all the ladies. What percentage of your audience do you? Feel is going to get a Gerardo reference. We have an audience? I was going to say a hundred because you're all listening now. (laughs) Do you know how old you have to be to get a Gerardo reference? 
I don't know, old enough to also get that Weird Al did a parody of that song called Taco Grande. Oh man, that's a good song. Dude, <laughs> that is a that's great that. song. You carrot chimichanga, you chili Colorado, you tango donero, prune steak piccato. I I know a way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Stephen Chow is, uh, like, healing inside of these bandages. Landlord and landlady are, like, down for the count. They're they're okay, but they're wounded. They can't fight. And they're talking about how, like, man, who would have thought that all he needed was to fight the beast to realign his chi and unlock his kung fu potential? We should have seen that coming from the very beginning. <laughs> yes. I like that, yeah. Yeah, we see a, we see a, a, a juxtaposed with... Stephen Chow, like, slowly moving around in his body cast, a butterfly emerging from its cocoon. and then A train going through a tunnel. <laughs> a rocket ship lifting off. Uh, so the, the axe, all of the axe gang shows up, like thousands of goons. And they take up every floor and every level and every area of Pigsty Alley. Uh, and the beast is just, like, right in front of the door, ready for him. And when the door opens, some just dude walks out and goes, Oh! <laughs> and then Stephen Chow exits from the bottom. Ooh. And the uh, beast sees him, and they have, like, a glance. But now Stephen Chow's not Stephen Chow. He's all shaved, and he's got a sweet white jacket. Yeah, he's also yeah. now the chosen one. Yes. He's like, I'll take care of this. Yeah, the, uh, the, the fucking axe gang starts fighting him, uh, fucking Matrix 2 burly brawl style, and he is doing what the Beast calls, like, that's childish. He's, like, stomping on their feet and, like, tossing them around. Yeah. Like, He's also, like, kicking guys across the entire alley oh, yeah, he's through windows. Well, what's great is he gets down to the, to the, like, courtyard section of the alley, and it's an aerial shot of just Stephen Chow kicking guys into and off of other guys playing ping pong or a uh, uh, pinball sound effects. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's so and, good. And then they're great. It builds to, he starts kicking them all up into the air. Yes. And they're all just up. <laughs> yeah. So soon, like, all of the goons are taken care of and it's the chosen one, Stephen Chow, versus the beast. Uh, and as the fight begins, Stephen Chow gets the best of the beast oh, yeah. early on. Just fucking hammering him uh, until the beast goes full frog mode. <laughs> yes. His thighs <laughs> grow double in size like the Grinch's heart. Yep. Uh, and he His gets chin that, expands uh, like a bullfrog. I didn't, I didn't like the chin expanding. <laughs> yeah, it's real off-putting because it's, it's just cartoony enough to be deeply disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. John, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What happens to uh, a Mr. Beast when it's struck by lightning? Same thing that happens to everything else. (laughs) 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 See, he's a toad man, and there's a toad in the first X-Men movie. Toad man! (laughs) (laughs) End of song. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. You're not even going to do the riff? Nope. Toad Man! What I love about fucking Toad Man in this is that anytime he jumps and lands, it's very squishy and floppy. Yes. It looks like a like a body hitting pavement. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't look graceful. It was unsettling. Yeah. yeah. He's a Toad Man. 
And so, he starts being able to like shoot himself like a missile. Really like Raiden in old school Mortal Kombat. Yeah. He's just straight on and nothing stops him. Oh man, that was always the move that I would spam as Raiden in back, Mortal back Kombat Back forward, too. baby. Um, <laughs> hit him with a couple of lightning balls. Back, back forward. Ooh, and if you were Scorpion, back, back, low punch into an uppercut. Get over here. Get over here. Oh, See, yeah. I love Mortal Kombat 2 where you could do the get over here uppercut them and then when they stand up you could do the like shadow like oh the warp yeah like yeah. jump behind them and then fucking kick them from behind see yeah. my strat for the for the home console version because I never really played much in arcades but uh, for Mortal Kombat 1 you scorpion your way through up to Goro you lose at Goro you then switch to Sonya Blade and you use her little like projectile shot yeah. and you uh, just spam that until you chip away at Goro. See, I'm a, I am was a Sub-Zero main and I gotcha. would work Sub-Zero all the way up to Goro and then when I got to Goro Johnny Cage dick punch. Uh, yeah, Johnny, Johnny Cage dick Cage, punch. Baby. Goro can't block it. <laughs> all four of his arms are too far away from his dick. <laughs> yep, can't do it. And then I would immediately lose to Shang Tsung. Sure. Could not do it. Well, it was hard. It was really yeah. hard. Uh, so anyways, uh, Frogman, uh, Beast... I'm sorry. Toad Man! Eventually Toad Man! Hits uh, uh, Stephen Chow up into the stratosphere. Yeah, it turns into a Dragon Ball Z fight. Yeah. Yeah, he lands, like, just above the clouds next to a hawk who that he then steps on and like, uses it to push off of. Yep. The hawk even goes... Yeah. He breaks the cloud barrier and finds a giant cloud in the shape of Buddha. Yeah. yeah. And then he remembers Buddha's paw. Yeah. Yes. He then achieves... Uh, uh, terminal velocity. Yeah, terminal yeah. velocity. Whereupon he is on fire like a meteor coming back. Yeah, there. the re-entry heat is, is, is there. He's yeah. given off all sorts of flames. Uh, and he's pushing so hard... That like the force won't let Mr. Beast like jump at first. Right. And then you all of a sudden see the ground flatten beneath Mr. Beast into a palm print. Yes. But before he makes contact with Beast, Beast says, I surrender. And Stephen Chow like backflips out of the momentum and lands gracefully, and he's just like, "All right, I accept your surrender." But oh no, it's a trap! Again. And he's gonna do the whole flower stab. Yeah. Bit, but uh, uh, Stephen Chow just tosses up the Buddha's palm, and it's not even possible. Yeah, he pulls the, the Buddha's palm, and it puts a giant handprint through building. all of the buildings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a hole, not just a print. It's yes. Just like, yeah. Yeah. It was it's like a, a several hand story hole. Yeah. I, it, yeah. Earlier, I think also uh, land. Lord and landlady were just like, hey, if our kid survived, he'd be about that guy's age, right? Yeah, that guy would make a great doctor or lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after he does this, Mr. Beast like throws himself. He's like, I didn't know like that. You He's could like, yeah. Do that. How do you do that? And Stephen Chow's like, I can teach you. And he like gets one tear down yeah. his eye, yeah. and he like throws himself at Stephen Chow's feet, and he says, "I surrender, master, and, master." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we pan up, and then we to some time later. Yeah, we, we follow the, a flower. Yeah, very Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah. The metal flower turns into a real flower, and then it lands in the hands of the mute ice cream lady. Yeah, just like Forrest Gump. Yeah, we've all seen that movie. I we mean, know. Every time. Yeah, then she goes to her ex's plows, and it turns out that she's got AIDS. Oh no! Whoa. Don't worry, the kid doesn't have it. That's good. 
man. You always forget about how Forrest Gump ends. Yeah. I do know that they do make a point in that movie. I mean, the kid doesn't have AIDS. Well, because it's like they don't say AIDS, like, but they do everything but say AIDS. Yeah, she like Jennifer. She fucking looks at the camera and she's just like, "I have this new disease. They don't know what it is, but they do know." It's 1986. It does skip a generation. Wink. Yeah, (laughs) and the kid is smart, real smart. Yeah, I will say one of like the first time I ever cried at a movie is when, like, Forrest goes to Jenny's grave, and he was, like, he's talking about how Forrest, like, little Forrest is very smart, and he, like, breaks down because he's like, fuck, my kid's smarter than me, and, like, I can't handle this without you here. And I was like, god damn, that's good acting right there. This movie's stupid, though. (laughs) (laughs) But then you get older and you start realizing that she raped him. Sure. sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. I haven't he, watched yeah. that movie in a while, but I think you're right. I, well, I mean, in the sense that, uh, yeah, like you could argue that he doesn't have the, like, the he mental capacity. Have, he has not yeah. been explained what is about to happen and what is currently yes. happening, and he doesn't necessarily have the faculties to give consent or say no. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's messy. If we're talking informed consent, it's not informed. Ooh. Plus, her roommate is in the room and awake. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's just the first time, and just that time, all she does is give him a hand job. That we know of, it's all out of focus and in the background. Nah, because he comes immediately. <laughs> it's, oh. it's true. I do remember that part. Because yeah, she like yeah. puts, he's like, he's like, oh, 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 and then he goes, I'm sorry about your like, r- like roommate's bed or whatever, whatever, yeah, or your roommate's towel. Because he's like wearing her roommate's towel, and she's like, don't worry, I don't like her anyway. And then it pans to the roommate wide open <laughs> in terror. Yeah. And then fucking he hangs out with fucking Nixon. <laughs> you know him? Drinking. Dr. Peppers. Yeah, and then he got to pee real bad. Yeah. How many fucking Oscars did that movie win? It, oh. really, it really is a dark movie, isn't it? When you sure. get to the core of it. Well, and here's the thing. They kept saying, like, oh, we were going to make a sequel, but then we didn't. We couldn't because you'd have to deal with 9-11. And it's like, you can, you guys Not if you did it, like, immediately. But, like, also, you did Vietnam, dude. Right? Yeah. Like... Yeah, there you, is a you make sequel. jokes about <laughs> Vietnam. Like, there is a sequel book called Gump and Company, which is a spite book. Like, Winston Groom was so angry at how his book was translated and the deal he got from the movie people that he wrote a book that begins with Forrest Gump saying, Don't ever let anyone make a movie based off your life. And then Forrest Gump spends the rest of the book being a complete fucking prick to everybody. Oh my god, nice. it's like, have you ever seen the, the TV show Ferris Bueller? Yes. No. Where the very first scene is an actor who is not Matthew Broderick saying like, my life is so crazy, they made a movie starring this Matthew Broderick guy, and it sucked. Yes. Anyway, the continuing adventures of me. Everyone knows that the best Ferris Bueller Day Off TV show was Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Yes! Which, for the longest time, I had conflated with the Ferris Bueller TV mm. show. So when people would be like, you, guys, you fucking remember that Ferris Bueller TV show? I would say emphatically, yes! It was bananas! <laughs> but, like, looking back at it, actually seeing the cast, no! I've only seen Parker Lewis <laughs> Can't Lose! <laughs> Didn't we just see Parker Lewis in a 
documentary? Yeah, he because he played the... He Was it the staircase? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was about... Uh, was it Yosemite? The Yosemite killer? Yeah. Yeah, it was, about the, it was about the kid who was kidnapped, and then he was like... And Parker Lewis played the kid... Parker who Lewis played the kid who was kidnapped, and then eventually escaped with another kid from his kidnapper, and then went home. Oh, and so they made like a TV kid. movie about it. And, but then like years later, that kid's older brother became a serial killer. Yes, <laughs> yes. And that kid died in like a car accident yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's it was a, a weird story. Yes, it was a very sad documentary, but for Steven what, something. For, yeah, but for whatever reason, Parker Lewis is throughout the entire documentary. <laughs> he's reading like journal pages and stuff. journal pages and like bits of the script he's from con- the show. He's continuing the, the role as an adult. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, it was a good doc, though. Uh, yeah, crazy story. Anyways, uh, the flower lands in Mute Lady's hand. She she sees a bunch of lollipops. Yeah, and and you see like the big guy like wearing like a Candyman like not not Candyman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah not that there. Candyman. Yeah. like a regular yeah. a candy striper. Yeah, was, no, 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 that's a nurse. <laughs> I'm thinking like well, like the candy nurses, yeah, though, no, right? Like, the Candyman from Willy Wonka, the yeah. guy who you know, the old man who. Like spending that much time with children? Yeah. A vendor of candy. A vendor, yes, a yes. candy purveyor. Um, a candy no. monger. But not like yes. the candy store in Elgin you said I couldn't go to. Because it was a front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy, fronts have the best food. They do not. That's not no. true. Yeah. That is no. not true. Oh, come on. Front food? Oh. It's great. Speaking of somebody who grew up in a town with a lot of fronts, that is untrue. <laughs> There's the one front. I'm not going to name it because I think it's still in business. And you know which one I'm talking it about. It absolutely is. And I hear they have good food, though. Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. There is a place that's got to be a front because they are a cash-only, no-indoor-dining, take-out-only sushi place. Fucking great sushi. Where's this? Like, I will tell you off mic because I don't want the feds to raid these nice, nice people. Nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway. Last time I was there, they did have a whole bunch of bootleg VHSs. (laughs) (laughs) VHSs? VHSs. VHSs. I almost bought a VHS of Man on Fire. (laughs) Oh, man, not bad. That's a great movie. Hey, buddy. Wait, the old one or the new one? The old one. Oh, nice. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? What old one? Man on Fire. The old one is... Uh, the new one is Denzel. The new one is yeah. Denzel with Michael Mann. There was a one before that. With like... Uh, it was Tony like in Scott, the 70s. I don't think it's Michael Mann. I think it's Tony Scott. It's currently streaming on Tubi, where we watch Kung Fu Us. <laughs> I think that in the first one, it's like some... Brat Pack singer is in it. Like I don't think it's Sinatra, but it's somebody. Yeah, like it's that. like a '70s movie. Oh, yeah. okay, I had yeah. no idea. See, remember yeah. when I grew up in Toronto? You didn't have to sell the counterfeit merchandise. People just came from store to store and hung out for a little while and tried to sell you stuff that was stolen. Oh, nice! So you get everything from jewelry to like photo albums. <laughs> Whatever they happened to score is what they were selling. Nice. <laughs> Uh, and also in the candy shop is Stephen Chow, also working in the candy shop. He is and then, presumably the purveyor of candy. Yes. Yeah. So him and, and the lady meet up, and they get like a little cute thing where the camera pans and that turns into him as a little boy and her as a little girl. It's real sweet. Yeah. Can I ask a double question? Sure. Yes. Did they go back in time? No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Patrick. They were adults that turned into children. That's backwards, no, buddy. No, it was a metaphor. 
metaphor. It was a metaphor. Bullshit. At first I thought it was a metaphor, but they kept remaining as children. Well, see, here's the thing, though. You know it's not a metaphor because the snot-faced child is still holding the lolly. And that, and the man with the books hasn't aged. Yeah. And that's what made me yeah, wonder. Yeah, she's got did it. They go back in time. The yes. man with the books is a supernatural gypsy. Oh, yeah. a supernatural <laughs> traveling Romani. Yeah, let's... That, dude, let's, let's get an apology on oh, that right that's there. fair. Yeah, you can't say gypsy. Sorry. <laughs> but he now has all of the books because it, all of the other people are dead. Yes. So he has all of their books. So he can sell all of the Kung Fu He can hustles. sell Lion's yes. Roar. He can sell Ring Arms. He can sell any of it. Yeah. And then we zoom in on that kid's fucking booger nose. Yeah. Yep. End of movie. Yeah. That's right. And we'll be right back with bullet points. Pew, pew. Hi-ya, hi-ya. Yelling sound. Yelling sound. Bullet points. And our very first bullet point is body count. Body counts. Patrick, what do you think the body count of Kung Fu Hustle is? Jeez. It's hard to say because a lot of those guys I don't actually think died. Yeah, we're going by Looney Tunes rules for a lot of this, unless the movie explicitly states otherwise. Yeah, so... It's higher than you think, but not that high. I'm going to go with like 15. Yeah, John, what do you think the body count of Kung Fu Hustle is? I'm going to go with 12. 12. Ooh, do either one of our guests want to proffer uh, a, a guess? 43. 43? 30. 30. Playing by Price is Right rules. Whoever gets the closest without going over. Patrick, you were the winner. Oh. oh. 20. 20 confirmed yes. kills. Oh, All right. I'll believe it. Heck yeah, that's right. A lot of the times, like when Stephen Chow at the end of the movie, like punches a bunch of dudes up into the sky and they fall hundreds of feet down to the ground, the movie takes great pains to show them all writhing in yeah, pain yeah, afterwards. Still alive. Yeah, I call malarkey on that. Well, the sorry. The movie claims it. You that's have true. no idea also, how many people died in other yeah. movies that didn't get counted. Also, uh, Joe Biden outlawed malarkey. That's true. He signed an executive order. No more malarkey. For no more malarkey. Well, he toured the country eradicating malarkey at every stop. Yeah, just like Giuliani eradicated the homeless by banishing them to the undergrounds with the Morlocks. Oh, shit. Does that mean that the homeless, the Morlocks, and malarkey are all going to form some sort of, like, ultimate threat right beneath our feet? If we're in a tri-state area of homeless people, can we watch Cropsy the documentary? Sure. <laughs> We've watched Cropsy the documentary. <laughs> I have Cropsy the lunchbox. Weird. <laughs> Very different Cropsy. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, next bullet point. Best kill. Best kill. Mark, best kill. I'm uh. going for win. <laughs> I'm going for when that guy, the leader of the ass game, gets his head punched so hard, his neck spins around 30 times and dies. That is delightful. Anytime, ne- I'm a huge proponent of neck breaks in movies. Sure. And they're and always is, funny. This is like four neck breaks yes. visited upon one yeah, it person. Just keeps going. Yeah, yeah. It's dynamite shit. John, best kill. Ooh, kicky guy getting his head cut off by music. Yeah. That's a good one. That's real good. Patrick? Best I'm gonna kill. go with uh, lightning flash. You don't see it. Backbroken guy in a barrel. Oh yeah. Who then tells everybody, "Please don't move me. My back is broken." 
Does anyone else have a best kill they want to add? I'm going to go with most memorable, and that's killing a cat with a hubcap. <laughs> sure. Because a hubcap? Wasn't it a hubcap? It was music. Yeah, it was, yeah. Music. It was, it was a music sword. No, it was like a dish. Yeah, right after the cat died. That's because that had been the part of the chimney they that the music hit. had cut yeah. off beforehand. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it was like that chimney cover. Oh, well, then I don't know. I mean, I, you can still say the cat got no, cut the half cat on cut music. Pretty good. You know what? It was almost like there were so many that they kind of blended together. It's like time. How you can't tell time anymore as a concept. Oh, yeah. Like everything blends together. All of those deaths just blended together for me at this point. It's fair. Oh, but apparently none of them were deaths by my... <laughs> yeah, who knows? Many were not deaths. Yeah. I, I like the Taylor's long, drawn-out, near-death, and then his dramatic just tossing his head inside and dying. Yeah. 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 The uh, ode to Sean Connery and the Untouchables. Ode to, yeah, he literally goes, What are, are you, you prepared, prepared to, to do? do? And they go, Why aren't you speaking Chinese? <laughs> People with the stiletto nails and the instrument were pretty cool, but it yeah. reminded me of Scott Pilgrim when they're doing the Battle of the, ba- the yeah. Bands. Yeah, it was very Scott Pilgrim. It reminded me of uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where they have the music fight. It's it's a thing that it pops up every now and then yes. for sure. But this predates both those movies. I was going to yeah, say this is before. Uh, so that's going to take us to our next bullet point: war crimes. <laughs> No, she's got a point. That yeah. cat was a civilian, a non-combatant, and was killed. Yeah, that's fair. Good yeah. point. Patrick, tell me about some war crimes and Kung Fu I'm going to go with uh, housing all of your poor people in an alley constructed in the middle of nowhere. Sure. That no, just seems just, mean. That's just America. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't America. That's yeah. true. John, war crimes? Well, I'm going to say the British occupation of the island of Hong Kong. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess technically it's a peninsula. Or is that... No, that's no, Taiwan. That, there's an island. Well, yeah. uh, Hong Kong's like not entirely because there's the peninsula comes down to Kowloon, yeah. but then Hong Kong is actually separated. Right. Yeah. But yeah. The British occupation. That, of course. Yeah. That was well a bunch documented. Of bullshit. Yeah. Lots of war crimes happened in uh-huh. that. Yeah. Yep. No, that wasn't a good one. Guys, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that British imperialism, on the whole, from a historical perspective, Maybe did more damage than good. Whoa. 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 Yeah. The yeah. queen is wow. still alive, John. The queen is We're having... getting extra bank holidays <laughs> in the UK. What I love is... She came out in her little banana suit the other day. <laughs> They're having a giant birthday bash for the queen. It's a jubilee. And they're getting fucking Morrissey to play it. Yeah. What the fuck? Look, the Queen loves Morrissey. Well, she loves him now that he's a racist Nazi piece of shit. What did I say? <laughs> I don't know, man. That Nazi uncle caused her a lot of trouble. I don't think she's big with the Nazis. She's got Morrissey singing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It sounds like she's a fan. Well, Clapton got COVID, so he can't play. True. That's true. That's yeah. true. And Van Morrison is cringe Irish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, correct. Right Especially because they have to deal with the border again. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's our platinum jubilee. 70 years of service. Service! service. Nice. <laughs> England, worst country. <laughs> I don't know. France is pretty bad. <laughs> She's also technically the head of a church. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, 
Those sons. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, we always forget. Uh, England, technically a theocracy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. England, worst country. <laughs> you can buy units with faith. <laughs> you can. <laughs> No. no. <laughs> That's my war crime. My wife asked me for a eunuch. The selling of eunuchs is my war crime. Uh, Julia, you got any war crimes? Uh, it's a little obvious, but the fact that a giant gang of axe-wielding thugs is in control of everything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not great. I mean, back then, those axes are basically military-grade hardware. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to take us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait until you're called on. I need... I, I it need... doesn't marry who you're married to or how many eunuchs you have. <laughs> Welcome to his world. It I does need... very much matter how many eunuchs you have. How are you going to get the faith victory if you're not putting your points into eunuch production? <laughs> You gotta send them to your borders so that your enemies start adopting your faith, and then you build cathedrals to spread your culture. I need the quiet to make the edit. It's probably oh, Civ Four. Sorry. Yeah, Civ Five, motherfucker! <laughs> I'll fight all of you. John, is this an action movie? This is an action comedy. <laughs> so yes. I hope you didn't edit out the reason I'm upset. I absolutely will. Oh, that's a tough break. <laughs> because oh, without man. the visual cue, it means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah. Patrick, yeah, it's an action comedy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. right on. Yeah. Uh, Mark, is this an action movie? Yes, 100% it is. Guests. <laughs> Starting to my left. Yes. <laughs> the point saying I can't speak now. I was about to say, how is it not an action movie? It's like non-stop action for the most part. Yeah. 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 They only slow down for jokes. And jokes are technically action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Action of the mind. That's right. You know the joke is the most erogenous <laughs> of the art forms. Because it's in the mind. Yikes. Which is the most erogenous of the zones. Oh boy. That's true. The mind. The mind. Yeah. 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 Henry Kissinger uh... said that, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Right before he set that first plane. (laughs) Is this an action movie? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. All right. So here we are. Final reviews of Kung Fu Hustle Patrick. Oh, so many rings out of so many rings. John. Uh, I loved it. I'm gonna I'm gonna call my wife who also saw the movie to see if she wants to do a final review. Sure, no problem. <laughs> we'll continue around D. You know, based on a lot of the movies we do, I didn't think I would like it. I actually really liked it. It's absolutely delightful. Mark, yeah. final review. 100 percent delightful. Hey, Julia, do you a want really to do a final time. review of Kung Fu yeah. Hustle? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> stare at Mark. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on speaker, and you can just let us know your your quick final review of Kung Fu Hustle. Hey, everybody, this is Caitlin Taylor. She also watched the movie. I sure did. <laughs> That's her final review of Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you at home. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> now you can give an actual. What did you think of the movie? Martial artists that seem to be 
than in the martial arts movies that I've seen previously. Just That's that true. The, the Toad to Martial Arts Master ratio in this movie is off the charts, for sure. <laughs> what Did you like the movie? Did you have a good time with it? I had a great time with the movie. Is it an action movie? There we go. All right, we did it. Thank you for dealing with our nonsense. I love you. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of Body Counts and Beer. Thank you once again, Julia Rigby, for picking the movie Kung Fu Hustle for us to watch. More spouse select episodes. Woo-hoo! Fine, but after we watch Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman fight In Mickey Rourke. Yeah. I'm sorry, I thought it was Mickey Rooney. You're telling me it's Mickey Rourke? Yeah. Wow, thumbs down. <laughs> oh. All right, well, we can, wa- we can watch Jean-Claude Van Damme and Rob Schneider team up to stop counterfeit jeans. Ooh, that's an episode of The Simpsons. Uh-huh. Let's do it. <laughs> I love The Simpsons. Anyways, I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And thanks to our guest, Julie Rigby, D. Rosendahl, for being here. Say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Well-oiled machine. (laughs)